This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, so, uh, we're getting close to the mirror. Uh, I, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, personal uh, sense of it. Um, the, the, the Me Yeshiva itself went through the different Kufis that sort of uh, embodied the Kufis other Yeshivas went through, um, but much bigger. The Me Yeshiva, by the time the war came, was the biggest Yeshiva in Europe. The oldest Talmidim considered the Cheshevs to buy everybody and uh, was, a, was a, a Musik. It, it, it stood as a, as a concept of its own. It's, um, it was founded about 200 years ago. That's what the official uh, documents say. It was founded by a Yidabalabas. His name was Tukachinsky. He found, not much is known about him. He founded the yeshiva, headed it. His son headed it. And then uh, there was a lull. And then his, he had a son named Rechaim Tukachinsky, Rechaim Leib Tukachinsky, who was, um, uh, was extremely chashev. And he set the tone for the Meir Yeshiva. He, he established the Meir as a very important Yeshiva. And it started after Volazhin, and it was second in importance to Volazhin. It slowly started kind of um, going downhill, and it was recognized that the Yeshiva is sort of not keeping pace with the modern world. They brought in, in the early 1900s, they brought in Reb Eliborah Kamai, was one of the Goyne Adar, to infuse it, to give it a central figure of stature that would attract Bachrim, would make the learning more alive, etc., etc. He brought in his own son-in-law a few years later, and there was a Blazer of Finkel. A Blazer of Finkel was a son of the Alta Slavatka. His godless lay in knowing how to navigate yeshiva, what kochos to bring in, what to emphasize, and so on. He was an incredible person on his own. He was a bucky in, in, in everything called Terry Kula. But more than anything else, he understood what they need. He understood what type of learning. He understood the kochos that are needed. He brought in Musa learning. He wasn't something that himself spoke of a Musa or said Drushes or Vadim, but he brought in Rabbi Ruchim to be able to make it a starker place. Rabbi Ruchim was there two Tkufas, in early Tkufa and in the 1900s, and then left and came back later. He, um, he slowly, he also paid money for Brahim to come learn in Yeshiva, and he knew which Brahim to get it to bring in. He brought in groups of Bachrim from many different yeshivas. Um, Grodna, Kletsk, uh, Kamenitz, Revilus, other places. And he created a yeshiva that was sort of a mega yeshiva. In other words, the important, the important um, center of the yeshiva was not Reblaz Yudel per se. It was the older Bachrim the talking and learning between the Bachrim, 
the, the, the mutual hashpah that Bacham had in each other, there was a certain sense of competitiveness of different chaburis, and that made the yeshiva great. Rabbi Rucham came back in 1924, was retaken as mashkiach. He had left and was the Slapatkin in the war years and so on. And Rabbi Rucham really was the one who hand in hand transformed the yeshiva. Rabbi Rucham understood people as nobody else would understand. He was incredibly wise and shrewd. And he maneuvered the Olam to learn. His shmuzim were world renowned and people were drawn to it tremendously. He knew who to be Rachik, who to be Makarov. And in those years, between 1920 plus to 1940, the Me Yeshiva was the Yeshiva. It absorbed the best Bachar from the other Yeshivas. Rabbi Ruchim created a certain type of um, Musser that spoke to Bachar that were loved him. The, the, the Shittas and the Days and Ashkafas that he developed had a certain type of depth that sat very well with Bachram that were uh, very smart and deep and they were the ones and, and they set the tone for the yeshiva. Reblezi Yudel was the one who pulled and pushed to, he knew which chaburs of Bachram to bring in Hadrid Mashpi on the yeshiva. He himself in the 1920s was was started feeling that there's too much eon and Bachram not learning enough and he was very famous, he made a contest, um, not really a contest, but a campaign, I think it was in 26, if I'm not mistaken, where if a Bacha will finish in one year, Ksubis, Babakama, Babatsiya, Babasra, and be tested by by Lizzle, by others, and know it, he'll give them $50, which in those days was a sizable sum. So at 20, I think 20 Bachem started it, 10 finished, and they were able to be tested in one year on these three, um, on these uh, four Masechtis. Incredible. But that was very much, and Rebbe always, he would pull and push, he would draw people into the yeshiva, and then he would demand of them, this guy should say Chaburis, this guy should learn more, this guy should know more. Rabbi Rucham did the same in terms of Bachrim's understanding. He, he was less concerned with Bachrim doing things wrong because there wasn't such a type of olam so much in the beer. But he was a lot more concerned with Bachrim developing Ashkafas Chayim that fits Uriah's Torah. The level of Ashmuzan and his interaction with people were, were incredible. There was another part to the Me Yeshiva that was fascinating. The Me Yeshiva held itself to be an elite Yeshiva. Only the best of the best came in. Rabbi Lezuna made an exception for Bachram coming from countries that were not developed in Yiddishkeit. Americans, German, Dutch, South African. He took in those Bachram. It was an incredible culture shock, mutual culture shock in the Bachram and the Yeshiva. One guy described to me that they were walking, a group of Americans were walking with, with, with Europeans in the street. A group of locals started up with them. The Americans rolled up their sleeves and started throwing punches. Um, the, the Europeans were aghast and so on. The Minhagi America did not sit well with Europeans. 
But at the end, A, they had a mutually beneficial uh, influence on each other. Rabbi Ruchim made it that Bachrim, older Bachrim, Chasha Bachrim would learn with with um, American or Germans and so on. And some of the Americans and Germans had the Chashevsta, Rabbi Malin, Rabbi Neminska, they all had these Chavrusas for a Seder. And it had an, it, 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 it created a tremendous core of American B'nai Taira and German B'nai Taira, which were the seeds for a certain level of B'nai Torah in America. He created also a certain avenue so that people, Chashev Abachem, who needed help and so on, they, they had people in America to turn to. There was something there that created a bridge that was that was really remarkable, and had it had a lot of ashayches with Rebbeizudel's understanding of how important it is to provide for others as well, for for America, for Germany, for South Africa, Holland, all the places that had no set yeshivas, and the Bachman would come knowing not much. Um, that was the main yeshiva. So by the time the war came, the mayor was like. Like Lake would be today, people came to when he finished with everything else. Rev. Lazy Yudel's input was the navigation of who to bring in, pushing the bathroom, pulling the bathroom, and, 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 and so on. He, he raised an incredible amount of money. The ship was very big, um, well over 300 bathroom, close to four. Um, and he was constantly pushing more and more. Rabbi Ruch was Nifter, I believe it's 35, 36, and I, I never, ah, because the date is, it, it's, it's summer, I've never tried to translate the date, right, you're right, 36, and basically there was kind of a setback for Yeshiva, and Rabbi Haskell, a little, for a short while, the sun stepped in, there, there, was, there was some issues of who would be the one to step in, Rabbi Haskell stepped in, and the young door accepted him, as their as their mashkiach, as their rebbe, the older door, you know, stood back a bit, and there was the mayor when the war came. When the war came, there's a famous story that going to Shanghai. I'm not going to speak about that now. But after the war was over, he rebuilt his shivan at Israel from nothing. He had no bachrim to bring there. He had no resources. His kvirim lived in, 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 in had lived in, in, in Ukraine and Belarus and Russia. There was nobody to, to go to over there. He himself was already probably 60 years old, easy. And uh, he really was an amazing Yeshmahaya in this rebuilding. His Talmidim became the Maisa the Rebbeim the next door. Almost every Rosh Hashiva in America, in the Lutheran Yeshivas, Nets Israel, and so on, had learned the Yeshiva. They were, this was his. Uh, these were the products of the Bnei Yeshiva, the, um, and and therefore his um, the, the Torah that he said the Mir really encompasses the world. It encompasses. It became the Bnei Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, with the you know with its thousands thousands of and it became almost every the Yeshiva. That was his. That was his mohus. Um, a lot a lot of stories about him that I could say over. Um, I don't want to. Uh, Go on and on, but 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 Akapanim, in many ways, the Bei Yeshiva represented the spitz of the combination of 
this of, of all these yeshivas that we're seeing. And I want to end. I want to finish with an anecdote that I've told over many times, and you've heard it. But I, it's still very much part of, uh, I guess, the way we see things. I was there was a yid in Azabira who lived in Azabira, an American who had gone to the yeshiva. In the 30s, came back and got married in America, and they retired and came to Israel to live. He was he was sitting shiva for his wife, and we were sitting around, um, and we were sitting around waiting for for mincha whatever. And there was a person there who was the secretary of the European Conference of Rabbis, and he told somebody else they 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 they're giving back the yeshiva, the building to the yeshiva. So this person turns around and he says, "It's a lie." So he said, no, we had a team of lawyers, they sat with the lawyers of the Belarus government, and we worked out a, 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 a contract, and worked out a deed, we're holding by signing, is that? This guy said, it's a lie. He says, no, no, it's it's happening, it's a lie. Finally, he turns and says, what do you mean, what do you know? He said, are they giving back Rabbi Yoyna Minska? He was the chash of Stabach and the mayor. Are they bringing back Rabbi Leibal in life? This, he says, the bricks and the stones, let them keep it there. I, we don't need bricks, we don't need stones. I, I want the people. That was very, very much uh, the ruach of the way um, my Rebbe looked at it. I mean, I guess coming here was something wouldn't have been on their agenda. Like, the, you know, it's, but for us, we don't have much more than that. The, the Mela, at least getting a sense of it, being able to, to touch something uh, tangible, at least connects you in a more tangible way. But the, 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 the uh, ethos of, 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 of that yeshiva world was a, a, a very, very, very little connection with the material parts of, of, of anything and a much bigger connection with the ruchnius of things and the content of things, the substance of things. But Akhapanim, for us, even getting a little bit of a feel for the, for the, for the uh, substance helps us get some sense of, of the ruchnius.